Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Obis Partners. I'm your host, Tim Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And it's our show. We're talking about how much money have Opus investors made. Now, look, so many investors ask me, Ed, okay, you guys do a great podcast, but are you any good at actually picking properties? How much money have the people you work with actually made? Now, I think this is a fair question. I actually think it's an important one too, because if you're thinking about using a property investment company, and of course you don't have to use us here at Opus Partners, but you want to know, can they actually pick a good investment? Now, I'm always a bit hesitant to talk about us personally or our company on the podcast because, you know, it's not all about us. It's about property investment and how you can be better. But I also have this philosophy that we should always answer your guys' questions. So look, because I've had quite a few people ask, have your investors actually made any money? Then what I'm going to do is we'll go through three case studies. And then also, I think that will teach you the way you figure out whether somebody actually is good at investing in property. Because of course, if you bought something 10 years ago, you've made a lot of money. But just because you bought a property 10 years ago doesn't mean that you're some property investment guru. So Andrew, <laughs> take us through the first case study. Okay, so first case study, and we're not going to use people's names, but this is an investor that bought a property at 65 Packard Crescent, which is in Horsell. This was in the very early stages of what is quite a big development now, Longhurst. Do you remember the specific property? I don't remember the specific property. I remember going to site. Back oh, it's at, just another notch on your belt. Back in, those, back in those days, I actually used to go to site quite a bit when someone was in due diligence. To be fair, I don't do a lot of that nowadays, but I remember going out to site, and I probably told you this story before, but one of my investors from Wellington actually came down and he came out with me and he said, oh, we're not going to tell Ruth, that was his wife at the time, we're not going to tell Ruth about this because it's just a paddock. And he actually didn't, he turned around and took a photo in a different direction so it didn't worry her because there are no houses there. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't heard that oh, there story. You go. That's a good one. Now, bear in mind, this is eight years ago when Horswell was much smaller. Yeah, Horswell was, you know, it was a nothing at that. So, I mean, it was an established suburb, but this part of Horswell was just a paddock. And the investor paid 445000 for a standalone house, and this was in May 2015. Now, it was a new build, so the investor waited a year before the house was actually built and actually had to pay for it. So they paid a 10% deposit, waited a year. I'm pretty sure it was Mike Greer Homes at that stage. And then they paid for the property in full in April 2016, almost a year later. Now, the funny thing is, Andrew, I heard you pause just before you said April 2016, because I told you it was eight years ago yeah, that they purchased the property. And the funny thing is, you look at some of these dates and you think, holy heck, 2016 <laughs> was seven years ago. I know, it's weird. I remember blowing out my candles <laughs> on my early 20s birthday cake back then. Same. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so they paid 445k for that. That was eight years ago. How much money has the investor made? Okay, well, we've taken the details from homes. I do think this is quite on the conservative side, but let's just use that number because it's independent. So the property, according to homes.co.nz, is now worth $670,000. So this investor has made $225,000 over the last eight years. So the property, on average, has increased by 5.24% per year. Now, the interesting thing is, if you average it out, it's about 25 grand a year that they would have made from that property in capital gains. And it's above the standard 5% rate that we use in our forecasting for any property that's a growth property outside of Auckland. In other words, 
the investors made more money than we would have modelled out when we did their initial forecasting. And I tell you what, it's all good that this person's made 225k, but as I said before, any idiot who bought a property, yes, Andrew, I'm looking at you, eight years ago is likely to have made quite a bit of money. And what you really want to understand, and this is the same if you're investing in, say, funds, right? How has the property done compared to the market? So even if you talk to a fund manager, say, I don't know, Craig's Investment Partners, I'm just picking on them, their funds may have made money and maybe it was 5% a year. But if the market went up by 6% a year, you'd probably say, well, did they actually do very well? Now, I've just picked those numbers out of the air. If you work for Craig's Investment Partners, please don't hit me <laughs> up about it. Oh, it was Milford then. It was Milford. Oh, no, oh, no, no, it was no. Fisher Funds. So what we want to do is compare it to the broader market. So this property went up by 5.24% a year on average. Over the same period, over the exact same time frame, Christchurch house prices went up by 4.66% per year on average. So this investor did about 0.6% better per year. Now, that probably doesn't mean a lot to most of us, but let me just say it a different way. If the investor had paid 445 grand and they bought the average property, and that property went up by 4.66% per year, exactly what happened in the rest of the market, the investor would be $30,000 poorer. So by purchasing the right type of property, or by purchasing a property that went up faster than the rest of the market, these guys have made an extra $30,000. Now that is the really important part because there's no use saying that someone knows how to pick a good investment property unless you compare it to the rest of the market because you could have invested in something else. I actually want to tell you a quick story as well, Andrew. I was up in Auckland because now I live there, recently moved up there, and I was speaking to a member of our team and we were looking at a valuation for an investment property that somebody had purchased 12 months ago. And I believe that they'd purchased it for about $880,000. Now that was 12 months ago. Now the valuation has just come in. What do you think the valuation came in at? They purchased 12 months ago. They probably paid at a higher point than what the market is now. But I would say it might be worth eight thirty. So it might have gone down by about 50-odd K. That's my best guess. Well, bear in mind, the market's probably gone down in the last 12 months in Auckland, probably well over 10%. So, you know, if it had only gone down 50K, they'd been doing extremely well. It came in at 875K. $5,000. Five grand. Not that far under the purchase price when the rest of the market had fallen quite significantly. And Where was that property? Oh, somewhere in Auckland. I can't remember the okay. exact details. I'm an old man now. I don't remember details. That's great. But. Candace and I looked at each other, we thought, gosh, that's quite good, isn't it? Because although it's gone down, the important point is that it hasn't gone down by as much as everything else. And so everything is important in context. You look at this investor, and if you knew nothing about what was going on in the market, you'd say, oh, well, that's not very good. It's gone They've down by money. <laughs> it's gone down by five thousand dollars. But when you consider that the average property in Auckland's gone down by well over $100,000 in the last 18-odd months, you'd probably say, oh, these guys are actually doing quite good. Similarly, if somebody purchased a property 10 years ago and all properties in New Zealand doubled in value, well, if that person's property only went up by 25% or 50%, you'd probably say, oh, that person hasn't done very well because they could have invested in something else. So that's the important point. Now, Andrew, talk to us about another case study. Okay, this is a Wellington dual key apartment and these were the Dixon Street apartments which were right in central Wellington and I recommended these in 2017. So just in case you've never 
heard of a dual care apartment before. This is where you've got one big apartment essentially that can be divided up into two different tenancies. So it is quite a specific product that often people that are looking for high income would buy this type of property, but you generally get a lower capital growth rate. Now, this investor signed up for the property at $525,000 back in March 2017. Now, the developer at that stage, I remember, Ash Palmer, thought he was going to take two years to do the project. Unfortunately not. So the construction was majorly delayed, and so the completion date of May 2019 was nowhere near hit. In fact, they ran over because I, I remember one of the building companies that was working on the sites went into receivership, so you had to change out builders. I think they even got delayed with COVID. I can't remember exactly, but there were a whole lot of delays. And I think it ended up taking four years in total. Now, when the investor settled the property, which was four years after the date of signing, it was worth $840,000. Huge. They haven't even drawn down a mortgage at that stage. And it's gone from $525,000 to $840,000. So the investor had made $315,000 before even paying for the property which I thought was pretty cool. Now, at the peak of the market, that was late 2021, the apartment was then worth about a million dollars. That was according to homes.co.nz again. The 840, I should just clarify, was a registered valuation. Oh, yeah. But now since then, Wellington's taken a real pounding and Wellington City is down 24.3% from the peak of the market. Today, the apartment's worth 730000 according to homes.co.nz. So that's a 39% increase since they purchased the property six years ago and the investors made a total of $205,000. Now it's really important when we look at yield products like this, so properties that are dual key apartments or room by room rentals, anything that doesn't appeal to the masses, we use a lower capital growth rate. So we use 3.5% outside of Auckland and 4.5% in Auckland so we would use a 3.5% forecasting for this. So based on 3.5% average growth rate, that would have been a 23% increase in value over that time period, but this property's gone up by 39%. So this investor's made about 39% more than what we would have forecasted them to make. About 85 grand more, yeah, that's correct. So the property's got up by about 6.4% per year, rather than the 3.5% forecast. 6.4 is pretty good for an apartment. I think you'd be pretty happy with that. But one thing I would want to point out in this one, these investors bought these properties for cash flow. So yes, the capital growth is a great byproduct. Having extra capital growth is awesome. But the rental increases for these investors was significantly more than we'd forecasted. So, you know, we usually use a long-term average of 4.7%. I remember when I did the initial budget for these, I worked on $650 per week rent. And when they rented out four years later, when they were complete, it was about $1,100 per week that they were getting. Yeah, it might have come back slightly because when I ran the numbers, dug into it, they're currently renting for about $960 bucks yep. a week in total. But the rent has gone up by about 6.7% per year on average, compared to that 4.7% that forecast. And again, as I said before, you've got to say, what would have happened if you'd invested in some other property within Wellington? Well, if you'd purchased the exact same month and you'd purchased any property in Wellington City, including houses, 
On average, Wellington City prices have gone up by 30% since the investor bought the apartment. But as we talked about, this property's gone up by 39%. So again, they've made about $47,500 more money than if they'd purchased an average property at the same price back when they did. And on top of that, they've had that rental income go up relatively quickly. Now we've got time for one more, Andrew. Talk to us about this property in Tauranga. So this one was in Welcome Bay in Tauranga, and this property was again a standalone house. It was four bedrooms, two bathrooms, and the investor purchased it for $685,000 back in April 2017. It's really funny, looking back at these numbers, I remember looking at these and going, oh, Tauranga is so expensive. How's anyone going to be able to afford this? Anyway, the property took 10 months to build and it was complete in February 2018. Now walk us through how much money the investor made. This investor actually had a change in circumstance. So they sold this property. They didn't hold on to it for the 15, 20 years that we'd originally planned to. And they sold in November 2021. So they picked the date about bang on. The peak of the market. And they sold for $1,020,000. So they made $335,000 from the property going up in value. So they sold the property for 49% more than they bought it. And that was over a five-year period. period. It's about 9.1% per year, which is, again, way faster than the 5% we use in our forecasting. Now, that doesn't mean that you should bank on, oh my God, there's going to be more capital growth than forecast. But it sometimes happens because Back in 2017, when these guys purchased that property, they couldn't foresee that the property market was going to go off like a frog in a sock after COVID. But again, we need to think about, well, how does that compare to the rest of the market? So these guys sold it for 49% more than they purchased it for. Well, if I look at the average value of a property in Welcome Bay, that specific suburb they purchased in, properties there increased by just under 53% over the same period between when the person purchased it and when they eventually sold it. So this was a couple of percentage points slower than the broader market within that specific suburb. But, you know, it was roughly on par. I don't feel too bad about that one. And look, to be fair, whilst using a service like ours or or someone else's to buy a property is about getting a good deal, I actually think one of the biggest things that we help investors do is actually take action, actually buy a property, because that's probably the main thing that some of these investors wouldn't have done had they not have someone hold their hand. One thing I do want to say is that you might wonder, oh my God, uh, Ed and Andrew, investment oracles, is there some (laughs) sort of magic powder, magic stardust in their their back pocket? And do Opus investors always make more money than the rest of the market? And of course, the answer is not always. Now, look, sadly, as much as Andrew might like to think of himself as such, we are not property investment oracles. There's no special magic power or magic powder to predict the market every single time. But look, what we can do is do our best to get it right more often than not. Now, that is the reason why I'd always recommend using data and number crunching to inform your investment decisions. And that's what we always try to do here. Because our aim, obviously, here at Opus Partners is to help you be more successful as a property investor than if you'd found a property on your own. But even after all that upper crunching, high investment returns are never going to be 100% guaranteed. They're not locked in. Investing always comes with an amount of risk. But the question is how you then go and manage it. 
Right, we're going to wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you'd like some help with your investment journey, then you can always head to our website, opuspartners.co.nz, and you can request a free session with one of our financial advisors. listening to the Prime Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Knight. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.